Let's turn this morning to the book of John, John chapter number 14, John chapter 14, thank you for the music, uh, music's always a, always a blessing, and uh, while you're turning to John 14, let me say one more time, uh, thank you to all the veterans, all those uh, who have served, and appreciate uh, your willing to do so. And we honor you today, not because you're a registered Republican or a registered Democrat, uh, but because you're a veteran. Uh, and now, now what I thought about doing I didn't want there to be a division this morning because you know everything's so polarized in our nation. I was really concerned with all the veterans here if we should put uh, all the Army veterans in one section, all the Marine veterans in one section, all the Navy veterans, and so on and so forth, uh, because I didn't want a brawl to, to uh, uh, break out. Um, and by your laughter, you know that's a very real thing. Uh, but uh, I do appreciate uh, all, all of the, those of you that have served. Uh, John 14, I'm going to read the first two verses uh, this morning for our text, and uh, I'm going to uh, preach this morning a, a message on heaven. And as a preacher uh, of the gospel, I have a responsibility to preach the whole counsel of God, uh, I, which includes preaching on the opposite place, that place of hell. I don't enjoy preaching on hell. Uh, to be quite honest with you, that's one of the hardest subjects I ever have to preach on. But I have to preach on it. But this morning, I'm going to preach on that place called heaven. I said all that to say this. I like preaching on heaven. I like preaching about that wonderful place of heaven. Uh, many, you, Most of you, if not all of you, know that my 95-year-old grandmother uh, went home to be with the Lord this, uh, this past week. And, uh, and I appreciate all of you saying we've been praying for our family and uh, I'll have the opportunity, the privilege of uh, preaching her funeral on Tuesday. I'm going to preach from this passage, but not the same, uh, not the same outline. Um, but well, what a place! What a place! Heaven. And this morning, I want you to know that you're going there. Uh, it does no good. Sometimes uh, we can frustrate ourselves and oh, look at this place of paradise, and look at this place. I don't want to look at it. I'm never going to have the money to go there. Why would I want to, you know, be excited about a place I've never, I'm never going to be able to go? But to think about that place called heaven and to think that I, I'm going to be there. I'm going to go there. And this morning, I want you, before you leave, to know for certain that that is your eternal destination. And then those of us that do know, I want us to be excited about that place. I want us to be reminded of that place. This morning, let's look at John 14. At verse number 1 and 2, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. I imagine many messages have been preached from John 14. I know I've, I've probably preached from John 14, this passage of Scripture, more than any other passage in the Bible. But I want you to draw your attention to verse number two, that last phrase. I go to prepare a place for you. Heaven is not an idea. It's a place. Heaven is not a story. It's a place. Heaven is not a hope in the sense that it's a wish. It's a place. And this morning I want to preach a message with this title, The Prepared place, the prepared place. Father, I pray that with the time remaining we have, may 
Christ be honored. May all the attention be on Him. Father, may we listen very intently to the words that He spoke to those disciples that day. May we realize the truth that contains, that His words contain. And Father, I pray this morning for those who uh, they have uncertainty about their eternal destiny. May the Spirit of God remind them, confirm, and even convict them that all men will either spend eternity in heaven or in a horrible place called hell. And Father, I want us to put our focus this morning on that wonderful place called heaven. And Father, those who have not been saved, those who have never put their faith and trust in Christ, may they realize today could be their day of salvation. May they, uh, may they be secure uh, their eternity today. And Father, to the Christian, to the child of God, may we be encouraged. May we be reminded of what we have in that prepared place. Uh, may all we do bring honor and glory to your Son, for it's in his name we pray. Amen. But many times I found myself going to John chapter number 14. As I mentioned just a moment ago, I preached many, many messages from this passage. But I have to be honest with you, there's many times I have gone to this passage of Scripture, not to get an outline to bring at a message and bring at a service like this, but I've gone to this passage of Scripture to have my own heart comforted, to be reminded of the truths that God has preserved for you and I today. Well, you cannot read long in John chapter number 14. As a matter of fact, the very first words, let not your heart be troubled, and do those words not speak to us today? This world is full of trouble. No matter where we turn, there's trouble. And, and honestly, this morning, we could all say that about our lives. Life is full of trouble. I would dare say that with no exception, everyone sitting in the service this morning, there's something that's taken place in your life you did not anticipate. When you were a little boy, you were a little girl, and you planned out your future, you had no idea that it would take some of the turns that life has taken. Sometimes trouble comes into life. But do you not get a sense of the heart of God in the very first verse of John 14? Do you not get a sense of the comfort that Jesus brings when he says, let not your heart be troubled? Let's be honest. This world doesn't care about your trouble. And sadly, we even we as Christians, we don't often take the time enough that we need to take to care for the trouble of others. And often that happens not because we don't care, but because we're just concerned with the own trouble that we have in our, in our life. But can you not sense the comfort of the Lord as he speaks to his disciples? Let not your heart be troubled. He'll go on and we'll continue to read this morning, but how, why could he make such a statement? Did the Lord not know of the trouble that was even in this day? Did he not know, was he not aware of the trouble that would take place for centuries to come and for as long as man lives on this planet, there will be trouble? Oh, he was very aware. But he offered comfort as only he could comfort, and it centers around that prepared place. Let not your heart be troubled. This world today fails to realize that you can't drink away your trouble. This world fails to realize that you can't run from your trouble. This world fails to realize many a times that you can't take your trouble and give it to somebody else. Life is life, and it brings difficulty. It brings trouble. Uh, it, br it brings difficulty. 
And the Lord, in context of our chapter this morning, he is telling his disciples that he is going to leave them. Now bear in mind what this must have done to their hearts. They had forsaken everything to follow the Lord. They had walked away from family. What a difficult thing to do. They had walked away from business and livelihood. What a difficult thing to do. They were willing to be marked. They were willing to give it all, sacrifice all, to sleep in the wilderness at night with no place to lay their head. But, but, but the, the closest stone, they had given everything. And now the Lord has said, I am leaving you. Imagine their hearts were full of trouble. He said, let not your heart be troubled. We see the heart of a caring God. We find in verse number 3 that part of the comfort that he offers them is that he's going to go to prepare a place. While you think of this, he's leaving them to prepare a place. I'll say more about this in just a few moments. There's never been a place prepared like the one Jesus was going to leave his disciples to go prepare. There's never been a place prepared like that place called heaven. He says, I go to prepare a place for you. In verse 3, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Well, there's comfort in that, the fact that, can you imagine the comfort that the presence of Jesus must have given those disciples? Can you imagine how much comfort those who know the Lord are going to have in heaven, being in the presence of the Son of God? Because he says, I will not leave except that I'm going to come again. And when I come, I'm going to bring you unto myself. Then we find the Baptist of the group, Thomas. Because he's got a question. He's got some doubt. He wants some assurance. In verse number 5, Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? How are we going to know? You said you're going to leave us. You're going to prepare a place. That place sounds good. How are we going to know how to get there? We find in verse number 6, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And these words that Jesus spoke unto his disciples that day are still true today. No man. Scripture is, is very clear. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He never said there was more than one way. He never said there was more than one truth. He never said there was more than one life. He declares, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. This morning, we've got to decide whether or not we believe the word of God. And can I say, I believe the word of God. Jesus said, no man gets to this place. No man gets to the Father but by me. That would include religion. That would include the church. Any denomination you want to name, including the Baptist church, no church can get anybody to heaven. Because Jesus declared, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. It would be a shame for there to be a place that God has prepared and for us to not be able to find the way there. No need of GPS on your mobile phone because it won't get you to this place. It didn't get you to a lot of places I found. Just thought I'd throw that in there as well. But we look at this prepared place, and this morning with the time we have, I have but three statements this morning I want to mention about this place. As we consider 
verse number 2, our text, I go to prepare a place for you. This is not one of the statements, but I love the fact that Jesus is preparing this place. And it's not just any place. If you have your Bible open, look again at verse number 2. I go to prepare a place for you. Jesus is not in the mansion construction business for the sake of being in the mansion construction business. He's personally preparing a place for those who would believe on Him. Let me give you the statements about this prepared place this morning. First of all, it's a place of glory. A place of glory. Look at verse number 2 again, in my Father's house. Think about that for just a moment. Of all of us, if we drove around Jacksonville, Florida, we would we could search for the most exclusive neighborhood. And certainly we could find some exclusive neighborhoods. We could find some neighborhoods that you'd have to have a lot of money to live in. Uh, you, you would have to, uh, in many of our cases, work a hundred lifetimes to have that kind of money. They're exclusive. Well, where do you live? Well, I live here. Wow, you live in an exclusive neighborhood. I want you to think about this place of glory. It's the Father's house. It's God's house. It's God's place. Oh, there's some exclusive neighborhoods, and there's something to say, oh, do you know who lives on street so-and-so, and And you know who lives around the corner? This place of glory, the God himself resides there. I want you to think about that for just a moment. The same God that, that is so magnificent, that man cannot lay his eyes on him. The same God that when Moses said, show me your glory, God said, no man can see the true glory of God and only let him see a glimpse of the glory of God. That God who is so great and so magnificent, this is his place. This is the Father's house. And friend, there's no place like the Father's house. Oh, you think of some of the the, the, the places that have been built throughout history and and those places that you can tour and come look at this mansion and you sit there in awe and you look at all that is done there and you say, wow, what a place. There's no place like the Father's house. Think about that. We live in a day-to-day where we move into a neighborhood. There's certain elements that we don't want in that neighborhood. There are certain types of people that we'd just rather not be our neighbors. Don't look at me so pious. Oh, what is the, what is the crime report for this place? I, I don't know anybody who's done this, and if you have, you, you might want to get some counseling. I'm moving to an area. I, I want the place. I, please find me the place where the most crime takes place. That's where I want to be. We'd be out of our mind. I want you to think about this. God, who is not perfect, is perfection. God, who's not holy, He is holiness. Has prepared a place for the vilest of sinners who come through the Lord Jesus Christ to reside. Friend, let me return this around. We are the element. We're the element that should be kept out of the neighborhood because we're all sinners. 
There's nobody who honestly could stand to say and say, oh, I'm the exception. I'm not a sinner. I, I don't deserve judgment. I don't deserve chastisement from the pulpit to the back of the building. We would all be lying if we said that. Because of our sin, we fall short of the glory of God. But this is the Father's house. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you in Daddy's house. When I think of the Father's house, notice what else is there. He says, in, in my Father's house are many mansions. I cannot imagine living in a neighborhood where every house is a mansion. Think about that. Last year, I was in a meeting in the state of Rhode Island, right outside of Newport, Rhode Island. If you know anything about Newport, Rhode Island, they have, it is a place where, I don't even, I'm not sure what, it, what it's called, and I hate to call it a neighborhood because it's not really a neighborhood, where there's just this, this row of mansions. Mansion after mansion after mansion after mansion. And many times you can go and tour them. We didn't go and tour them. I was with another preacher, but he drove me through the area. And to give you an, an idea, a sense of, of the area, uh, there's one mansion there that I know is valued at $150 million. That's one mansion. And there's mansion after mansion after mansion, after mansion, there in Newport, Rhode Island. I, as we drove through that community, I felt poor just by driving through it. Can you imagine a city where everybody who lives there lives in a mansion? So, Pastor, you don't really take that literally, do you? Why would you not take it literally? Think of the mansion that we are going to live in. See, well, I just don't believe that's the way it would be. You talk about in the Father's house that he would build something subpar to, to, if I could put it in these terms, bring the value of the neighborhood down by not having everybody live in that which pertains to that wonderful place called heaven. Can I tell you Another reason why it's a place of glory, because Jesus will be there. That's where Jesus is. You realize there's no electric bill in heaven? There's, there, there's, no, there's no need of light bulbs. Have you ever noticed, side note here, that when one light bulb goes out in your house, they're all going out? Uh... But there's no need of that. And another thing, why can't they make all the light bulbs the same? Now you got to have a closet just for all the different sizes of light bulbs in there. There's no need of that in heaven. So why is that? Because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the light. Can you imagine how troubling it was to these disciples for Jesus to tell them that he's leaving them. Can you imagine how comforting it should be to you and I to think that there's a prepared place 
a place of glory. It's the Father's house. There's a mansion for all that resides there. And this morning, we could talk about all the wonderful things that, that the Bible tells us is going to be there. The streets made of gold. Uh, the, the, the walls are made of jasper. What a wonderful place that's going to be. But the most glorious part of heaven is the Son of God is going to be there, and we're going to be there with Him. We Talk about an exclusive neighborhood. There is nothing more exclusive than the prepared place, that place of glory. Listen, number two, it's a place of grace. I remind you what verse number six says, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. It is a place of grace because it is one place when every resident who resides in this place didn't pay a penny to live there. Think about that. But they live there, reside there because of the price somebody else paid. Could you imagine somebody building you a home and saying, I want you to live here and you don't have to pay a dime for it? We'd sign up for that, wouldn't we? Can you imagine? You mean, you mean I don't have to pay a thing? It would be kind of foolish for there to be a place like that, for there to be a deal like that, for people to still show up with their checkbook. Say, I want to buy my way in. No, 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 you can't pay to be in there. I'll tell you what, I'll work real hard. That No, you don't understand. The price has been paid. All those who spend eternity in that prepared place are there just because of the grace of God. I can make a statement with great confidence this morning, and it is this. There won't be one person in heaven who deserves to be there. There won't be one individual in heaven who worked their way there. There won't be one individual in heaven who was good enough to get there. It is a place of grace. We're not going to walk down those streets of gold, mansion to mansion, in the presence of our Savior and say, Yep, I got what I deserved. Yep, I deserve to be here. Yep, I'm thankful that finally I have coming to me what, 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 deserve, what I deserve and what should be coming to me. No, friend, we're all going to be there as a, as a place of grace. None of, none of us are going to deserve to be there. Ephesians 2, 8 says, For by grace are ye saved through faith. It is the gift of God. For by grace are ye saved. Saved from what? Saved from paying for our own sins. Saved from that horrible place called hell because of our sin. How are we saved from that? For by grace are ye saved. This morning with complete confidence, with great confidence, with unwavering confidence, I say to you that when my time is done here on this earth... I will enter into that prepared place of heaven. My mansion will be complete. I will be in that place of glory. I'll be in that place of grace. And it's not because I was a pastor, not because I was a Baptist, not because I was even a Bulldog fan. Say amen right there. 
but because of the grace of God. There's a lot of people going to try and get in there, but they don't do it on their own merit. So there's a lot of reasons in, 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 in doctrinal and practical reasons why nobody will ever enter into heaven. Because of what, 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 unless you go through what Christ and what he did. But could you imagine if somebody could, we wouldn't be able to live with you for all of eternity. Look what I did. Look at what I deserved. No, friend, there won't be any of us walking around heaven saying we got what we deserve. It's a place of grace. If you're saved this morning, we have that hope of that place we have the confidence Jesus has gone to that place to prepare a place but it's a place of grace it's a place where we didn't get what we deserve it's a place that because of the Lord Jesus Christ and him saying in verse number six I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me but the fact that it is a place of grace means none of us are there because of our own merit, but it means that anybody can get there if they're willing to go through the same door. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, we can rejoice this morning. I can rejoice in knowing that I'm going to go to heaven. When this life is done, I'll spend eternity there. Why? But the grace of God, it's a place of glory. And what that ought to say to you this morning, if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if He can get there through Christ... I can get there through him as well. It's not a religious tag. It's not a denominational tag. But it is through the Lord Jesus Christ and depending on him and him alone. It's a place of grace. Pastor, I don't deserve to do that. I don't deserve to be there. Look around. Nobody deserves it. Nobody deserves it. Number three, and I'm done. It'll be a place of gratitude. Not just a place of glory, a place of grace, but a place of gratitude. The Bible tells us that when we enter into the presence of our Savior, we'll fall on our face and worship Him. So what are we going to do for all eternity? Worship the Lord. Because he's worthy of being worshipped. But don't think gratitude is not going to enter into it. Do we all realize this morning that we deserve hell? We deserve to pay for our sins in that horrible place. But for the grace of God, the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a prepared place that God, that Christ is preparing for you and I, those who are the redeemed, those who have trusted Christ, is a place of gratitude for all of eternity. We'll fall on our face and worship our Savior. Oh, if you're not grateful now for what Jesus has done for you, you'll be grateful. Be a place of gratitude. But not only that, we'll not only be thankful for our Savior, we'll praise Him for all of eternity. We'll be thankful for what He's done. We're going to be grateful for Calvary. That horrible place where Christ was crucified, where he was mocked and where he, would, he took upon him the sins of all mankind. And we're going to be thankful for that place called Calvary. But not only that, we'll be thankful for the witness that God allowed to be in our life. When we think about it this morning, think about when you got saved. 
Think about when you trusted Christ as your Savior. Oh, you'll be thankful for that faithful preacher who stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord, nobody gets to heaven but for the Lord Jesus Christ. Nobody finds grace but through the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll be thankful for the preacher who preached in the Holy Spirit of God. We didn't know what he was doing, but there was a heaviness. There was a working in our heart. It was the Spirit of God that was convicting us. And lo and behold, I get to spend eternity with the person who preached the gospel. And God used that that morning that I got saved, that evening that I got saved. Well, we're going to be able to spend eternity with the one who God allowed to be a witness. Think about that faithful Sunday school teacher. Oh, we're going to be grateful for them, aren't we? Because on that morning I got saved because of Sunday school teacher. Well, you're going to be thankful in many cases. Some are going to be thankful for a friend, a soul winner who came by the house, or in some cases a complete stranger that knocked on your door. Introduced himself. Got your name. You could tell they were interested, but they were kind of in a hurry to get to something. And they asked you a question that nobody's ever asked you before. If you were to die today, are you 100% sure you spend eternity in heaven? I believe it's going to be a place of gratitude. We'll be thankful for the preacher. We'll be thankful for the Sunday school teacher. We'll be thankful for the parent who made sure that we were faithful to the house of God and and parents, let me just stop right there. Keep your children in church. Keep your children in church. Well, they don't want to go. Take them anyway. Well, I fight them every week, and, and I got to get them ready and, and, and cleaned up and get, in the, get them in the car, and it's frustrating, and, and get them there. Hey, that might be the Sunday where the Lord speaks to their heart, and they realize they're a sinner on their way to hell. Keep your children in church. Well, they'll be... Many who got on a church bus, they'll not only be thankful for Jesus who saved them, but for the bus worker who picked them up so they could come to church. It's going to be a place of gratitude. I believe when I get to heaven, I, I'm thankful for Jesus now, but not like I will be when I'm there. I believe we get to heaven, we'll be thankful for that, that place called Calvary where Christ was crucified. We get to heaven, I believe we'll be thankful for, we'll have gratitude for the person who God used to be a witness in our life. But I also believe that we'll also, in heaven we'll also be grateful for the great reunion. We're going to be reunited with people we know in heaven. I've been praying for some of you not to live on my side of heaven. I'm just, I've, just been, I've just been praying about that. I know we're going to have glorified minds and glorified bodies. I just can't get over that down here. But, but, but we're going to be great. There's going to be a reunion. Hey, there's going to be an Emmanuel Baptist Church reunion in heaven. That'll be the rowdy side of heaven. We're going to see our loved ones there. And many of you, if we took time this morning to go around the building, you could talk about somebody that you know was saved. You know when they took their last breath, they entered into the presence of the Lord. We're going to see them again. There's going to be a reunion. We'll be grateful for that. It gives comfort down here and gratitude down here that somebody that we know was saved that we will see them again, but can you imagine what it's going to be like to see them 
and it not be a hope, not be something we look forward to, but something we realize. Boy, this prepared place of heaven, it's a place of glory. No place like it. It's a place of grace. All who live there will not deserve to live there. And they'll all get there the same way through the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just, I feel impressed to say this this morning. There's not one man that can get another man to heaven. There's not a Catholic priest on the planet, nor has there ever been, that can pray somebody into heaven. But there's not a Baptist preacher who can either. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'd be, I'd be lying to you this morning if I told you, you being a Baptist would get you to heaven. I'd be lying to you. He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. It's a place of grace. It's a place of gratitude. This morning, the greatest thing that you can do for the people who you know and love is for you to know, for them to know that you know you're saved. I'll conclude in this way. We put a lot of emphasis, and we should, on making preparations for after we're gone. My wife and family are not here this morning, so I'll make this statement without their presence. I'm worth more dead than I am alive. Because I've taken preparations when it comes to insurance. So that if something were to happen to me, my family would be taken care of. Which is a wise thing to do. But I never would make that statement in her presence. <laughs> because if something were to happen to me, I would at least not want that burden on them. I would want them to at least be okay. But can I tell you what I believe would give the greatest comfort to my family if something were to happen to me? Is the comfort of them knowing that I'm not lost, that I'm in a prepared place. We live in a world today where we're going to plan every, every part of our future except for our eternity after we draw our last breath. And the thing that will give grace and comfort to those that are left behind is knowing that I will see them again. They're in that prepared place. Well, I know how they live. They didn't deserve it. None of us deserve it, friend. But for the Lord Jesus Christ, through the grace of God, we can have salvation. If you're saved this morning, rejoice in that prepared place. Be faithful until we get to that prepared place. Tell others about that prepared place. Be comforted at the trouble. There's a place. There is no trouble. Jesus is preparing. A place. This is all going to pass away down here. This is, none of this is going to be here. We're all going to be in that prepared place. If you're here this morning and you don't, your eternity is not settled. You don't get to this prepared place just because you want to. Just because you're religious. Just because your grandmother told you one day. No. You need to get that settled. Through the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that you'll use the message to help us.